What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 32 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Thursday, April 8th. Um, yesterday, I got to celebrate my dad's birthday um, with him and my fam. Um, so that was fun. Um, and I got to go to the Padres game this week. I've gotten to, um, you know, just kind of. I don't know, enjoy a few social settings that uh, we haven't really been able to enjoy um, over the course of the past year. Um, so it's been, it's been really fun. It's been a fun week for me personally. Um, and I hope, I hope the rest of you have ha- also had a fun week. Uh, today I wanted to just talk about some music stuff. I wanted to talk about uh, The weekend. I want to talk about Drake, um, who edited Kendrick and Mac and some new music that's going to that's be coming out. Or has been already came out. Sorry, just burping out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, like I said, I hope you guys are all having a uh, great week so far. And um, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, so during my little hiatus, uh, if you did not know, it was the one year anniversary of, in my honest opinion, the weekend's best work after hours. Um, of course. Um, in my opinion, um, you know, when we're able to look back on 2020 as a year, um, I think that this album, um, in this era of the weekend, I'm sure that he has plenty more eras to come, um, will definitely be, um, the thing to look back on in terms of music. I, I really believe that this album, uh, was kind of the, um, just the anthem for COVID, the anthem for all of us getting through this uh, pandemic and trying to um, push forward regardless of all of the uncertainties. And I feel like um, Abel really gave us something uh, to, you know, think about, to really take and, um, you know, just analyze on a a level that he's once done. I mean, he's done before and Uh, He continues to do with his music, um, you know what I mean? So I really believe that this um, this album after hours is already a classic one um, You know from the character that he's created of this guy who just is seeming to have the worst night of his life and uh, everything seeming to be a blur um, And getting you know all the music videos within this character uh, whether that's him getting uh, pursuing this girl, whether that's him getting his head chopped off at the end of the day, whether that's um, his head somehow ending up with two white girls and they sing and make out with it and have sets with it, it's it, you know it's uh, it, able you know the weekend's mind is is just a li- a little a little bit twisted, um, but it's all in good fun. Um, but yeah, from that character to I mean, are you kidding me? The track list alone, you know, uh, hardest to love. Uh, scared to live, Snow Child, my personal favorite, Heartless, um, you know, In Your Eyes, Save Your Tears, which is number uh, top five this this week on the Billboard, um, you know, After Hours, the the title track, which is um, you know my second, or maybe even my first favorite as well, and then of course the uh, biggest chart hit of the century. Uh, and blinding lights, um, you know, the, it doesn't, it does not get much better than that when you comes in, in when it comes to uh, creating an album, um, 
for you know the culture you know this this man really um just created a masterpiece and um you know you could really hear the vulnerability uh within the music and i feel like i've talked about that before um you know it wasn't uh it wasn't really um anything that wasn't said uh there was a lot of things that were just put out a lot of things that I feel like he let go himself, you know, we can read into his music as much as we want and we can read into uh, what he's truly meaning within his uh, lyrics and everything. But I, I really believe that uh, regardless of um, what we speculate it means, I believe that he, uh, The Weeknd was able to truly let go of a lot of demons on this album, let go of a lot of feelings, um, and, and he just created a masterpiece, you know, it's it's uh, it's a beautiful work of art, um, and and the numbers and the charts speak for itself. I mean, uh, like I said, Blinding Lights is expected to rank um, as the number one biggest hit of all time um, after uh, the next couple of charts come out. Um, I mean, the platinum certifications alone, Blinding Lights seven times platinum, Heartless, and um, the album after, like the the whole album as a whole is both double platinum. Um, and then the singles "In Your Eyes," "Save Your Tears," and "After Hours" are all platinum. It's um, so yeah. Like I said, the chart numbers speak for um, how great of a work of art this truly is. Um, you know, I, I really, uh, like I said, believe that on top of all of that, when you take into account um, his Super Bowl performance and what a spectacle that was, I know it was met with some criticism. Um, about how he didn't really perform and he just really sang but I mean every song he sang wasn't just from After Hours you know that that allowed The Weeknd to truly show his versatility on his other projects as well I mean he really used that platform and showed the world that he didn't just have you know uh, this album be as, it's, as mainstream as it was and he, and he reminded everybody how mainstream he has been uh, for the amount of years he's been as well with all of his records, um, there's I, I can't you cannot tell me a weekend project that did not have, you know, that song on there that everybody was bumping. Everybody was listening to on the radio. Um, and I feel like he proved that with the Super Bowl performance. And then on top of that, I feel like the biggest thing of all is the whole Grammy scandal, how um, supposedly uh, he was basically blacklisted at the Grammys because of his Super Bowl performance that, you know, that's him saying that. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to the Grammys, um, everything that's happened, everything that has happened in the past has always pointed to the uh, most commercial, the most successful album slash song slash records uh, winning, you know what I mean? Like, that's the reason why we've had some very controversial um, wins um, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, like with Macklemore beating Kendrick Lamar and Drake in um, 2014, and then you had Taylor Swift uh, beating Kendrick Lamar for best album. You had Taylor Swift beating Beyonce multiple times. You have all of these, um, all of these most commercial uh, songs or albums that have continuously won over um, what. You know, I truly believe the mass and the majority of people um, truly were listening to, you know, like just because the song is on the radio and 
Um, it's all over the world. Doesn't mean it's the best song that was created that year. Um, and I'll stand by that. You know, I, I, I understand. I'm not trying to take away from the, the music that, say, a Taylor Swift makes or, say, a Bruno Mars makes. Um, that's all over the radio and, you know, great work, great music at the end of the day. But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it was the greatest um, album or the greatest music that was out this year. And um, I believe that, um, unfortunately, because it is so commercial and because it is all over the radio, it, it, it outshines the rest of the music. So when it comes to those big award shows, um, those that's the music that's going to win. Um, so going into this year's Grammys, I honestly, me personally, I was very excited because um, my boy, you know, he had the biggest album of the year. You know what I mean? Regardless of anything else, this man had the biggest album of the year. And watching the Grammy nominations and not hearing this man's voice name called, it was just ridiculous. I mean, it just it just proved yet again why the Grammys are rigged, why there needs to be something new i don't really know how there could be a new award show or a new criteria in terms of the grammys i don't know where that change should really start but i feel like you know there have been some snubs in the past uh that have bothered me and i know a lot of other people um but uh you know it's something that kind of uh you know escalates after a few weeks um you know something that's not really talked about and then boom, the Grammys happen again, and there's another snub, and then that's talked about for a couple of weeks, and then nobody really gives a shit until the next Grammys when there's another snub. But I truly believe that this year, uh, seeing what The Weeknd did with this album, seeing the numbers he put up, seeing everything that he was able to deliver um, for it not to be nominated at all, it wasn't at least nominated. You know, it's another thing not to win. Of course, that sucked when Kendrick Lamar lost. That sucked... Um, when uh, some of these other artists, um, you know, who truly, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions, uh, lost to more mainstream people, it sucked when that happened, but at least they got nominated. At least they were able to be at the Grammys and experience that. The fact that The Weeknd didn't even get nominated for one category, I, if you truly don't believe that that is something that is wrong if that's something that is isn't a, in the least bit a little sus then you're just completely blind to the music industry i mean the weekend literally had the biggest charting song of all fucking time on this album and he wasn't nominated for best song of the year or best record of the year what other song can be bigger than the biggest fucking song that has ever come out in the history of the billboard top 100 that makes no fucking sense. So, like I said before, fuck the Grammys. But, on a lighter note, The Weeknd is still an amazing artist. And he still put out great music. That does not take away from any of that. But, all of those reasons, like I just said, will be the, re will be the reason why After Hours will continuously be talked about so the grammys if they wanted to make a statement for whatever reason not nominating the weekend i truly believe that that you know i don't even want to say that's bad publicity because it wasn't like the weekend did anything wrong um but that publicity is still going to play in the weekend's favor still going to have the weekend and after hours um as as the tots of town you know what i mean so 
you know, at the end of the day, the weekend put a great piece of work out. I cannot believe that it has been a year since this album came out. I mean, I remember uh, being quarantined with my current girlfriend, um, and uh, when this album came out, I uh, just remember that night. Um, I was just like, you know, do you want to listen to the weekend's new album? Uh, you know, I, I feel like it'll be pretty good. Of course, you know, when is when is Abel ever missed? Um, and we listened to it. And I will always remember that I turned to her after the, after the album was over and she just looked at me dead in the face and she said, can we just run that one back, please? And I just busted out laughing because I was thinking the same exact thing. I mean, that was um, just from the first listen until now. The album still is spectacular in every way, shape, or form. If you have not listened to After Hours, you are just doing yourself a disservice and your ears, really. Um, I mean, Abel takes you on an adventure, um, you know, through this character and persona that he's created. But I believe the reason why me and a lot of other people uh, have come to love this album is because you're able, you know, I don't want to say you're able to fully be this person or persona that he's created, but you're able to really identify how vulnerable this man is being and it kind of just allows you to um you know have some realizations yourself i mean that's i'm just speaking for me personally um and the music head that i i am uh you know when somebody is opening up and expressing all these demons of theirs and really opening up about past traumas and uh, how they maybe feel in certain situations and you're able to relate to it uh, you kind of just come to the realization that if I start to do this or if I uh, maybe take life with this approach, uh, maybe it'll just be better. Maybe I'll feel better about certain situations if I get some things off my chest, you know. So um, I really feel like The weekend let a lot of demons out, like I said, on this one and really just made something that speaks to so many people regardless of, you know, if you're if you're dealing with an addiction or if you're dealing with any of that type of um, issue in your life, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't um, relate to this. Just because you're not, you know what I mean, like spiraling out of control on drugs um, like this man is in the music videos, um, for the first few at least, um, that doesn't mean like you're not going to be able to relate to this persona. Um, because that's not really what The weekend is trying to um, show at the end of the day. I, I truly believe that uh, through this man, he's kind of um, showing that everybody is the same at the end of the day when it, when it comes to a heartbreak, when it comes to um, just something that happens in life that makes you spiral out of control. Sometimes it's okay to let those emotions out and, um, you know, just feel the way you do. There's no reason to sugarcoat it. There's no reason to um, feel as if uh, you shouldn't be feeling that way because that's only going to continue to eat you up and it's going to continue to make you feel weird. Um, so yeah, I, I really believe that The Weeknd did his thing on this one, and like I said, if you if you have not listened to this album, you're just doing yourself a disservice. Um, but in some more Weekend news, um, of course, um, you know, we, how can I not talk about how this man brought back House of Balloons in its original form to streaming services, um, as this included all of the original mitzes and samples. Uh, this happened on the um, official 10-year anniversary of House of Balloons. Um, so if you have never listened uh, to this project, I highly recommend it. 
Um, of course, it has some of, uh, you know, The Weeknd's um, first biggest hits, I guess you could say, uh, such as um, House of Balloons slash Last Table Girls, um, The Knowing, uh, Wicked Games is one of my favorite, personally, uh, The Morning, of course, uh, Loft Music. I mean, this, this project, uh, nine songs, uh, very, it's not a short listen, but uh, yet again, you can, you can instantly hear uh, the impacts and the presence that The Weeknd has on the microphone, even in his very, very first project. Um, and I believe this is exactly what he can still do to this day. But with his experience, he's able to do it in such a, such a more, I don't even know, you, you just have experience and you get better, with, just like anything else in, in life. So I highly suggest you go listen to that if you haven't. Um, he, he released um, a merch collab. Um, unfortunately, I was not able to get the 10-year exclusive vinyl. That really um, frustrated me a little bit. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, this man was uh, 10 years in the game strong, and it, he does not look like he's slowing down anytime soon. Um, and along that 10-year 10 10 year run, uh, there was a, you know, just a little EP called uh, My Dear Melancholy, and that was actually released three years ago, um, you know, a, quite a couple of days ago. I, I feel like the weekends um, on this project, um, like I've spoke to before, um, he was able to kind of, uh, I, don't wanna, I don't know if condense is the right word, but he was able to write all of the feelings that he had down um, about this whole Selena breakup, and um, I don't know, I don't want to, I, I mean, I don't want to say the entire project is about Selena Gomez in that breakup, but I mean, come on, the, the timing is impeccable. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's come out and said that, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure does everybody knows that this was about the time that Selena, the Selena breakup happened. Um, the story behind this EP, of course, uh, the weekend actually had a full commercial album ready to go following Starboy, um, and this is when he was dating Selena Gomez, and then they broke up, and he was uh, scheduled to headline Coachella that year, um, and then all of a sudden, he decided to scrap that entire piece of work uh, because he said that he simply could not um, perform slash create or put out something that he wasn't truly feeling at the time. You know, some shit like that happens in life. You know, sometimes you're getting ready to do something and all of a sudden, uh, you know, something happens along the way and it allows you to completely change the perspective of, uh, you know, what you originally had. So I, I don't know if we'll ever get that project that he was you know, literally ready to put out. Um, but instead, we got a Sitz track EP, My Dear Melancholy. Of course, the biggest song on here, Call Out My Name. Uh, that's track number one. Um, my second favorite's probably Wasted Times, but uh, the rest of the tracks, Try Me, I Was Never There, Hurt You, Privilege. Uh, just amazing music, amazing production. Um, the weekend was able to uh, pair up with a couple of uh, well-known um, you know, DJs and uh, producers on this one to uh, create uh, this surprise released uh, EP. Um, and of course he did this um, a couple of weeks before his headline at Coachella, and he was able to perform this. Um, and then this led to the After Hours era. So, um, you know, 
the weekend, I truly don't believe that he is done um, by any means um, within the next three to five years. Um, I believe that we are in for quite a treat when it comes to, I mean, he tweeted out the other day saying that this um, era is not yet to be completed. I don't know if he was talking about his NFT drop and uh, the new music uh, that was released within that. So whoever, you know, <coughs> whoever won that NFT drop for $450,000, congrats, you know what I mean? Like you got <laughs> unreleased weekend music, but um, I don't know if uh, that also means that he's going to be releasing something soon or song soon. Uh, and that still has to do with the After Hours um, era, but I believe that we're still in for quite a run from the weekend. Um, I mean, why stop when you're still on top? So, um, you know, enough about the weekend. Let's go over to his, um, I, I don't want to say his best friend, but at least uh, his, uh, collaborative, his collaborative partner in the past and, you know, fortunately recently, uh, OVO man himself, Drake, of course, he made it an historic Hot 100 uh, milestone as he debuted at number one, number two, and number three when he dropped Scary Hours 2. Um, of course, What's Next, um, What's Next debuted at number one. Uh, Wants and uh, Needs featuring Little Baby debuted at number two. And then Lemon Pepper Freestyle featuring Rick Ross uh, debuted at number three. Um, you know, if anybody wants to say that we're still not in a Drake era or uh, that's long gone, I, I just want to direct you to this first and foremost. I feel like there's not really um, much else I need to say uh, if you truly believe that. Um, I honestly liked this pack. Um, I, I guess, you know, uh, what's next? I had already heard it a few times because uh, my... Um, my ass literally could not stop listening to the snippet that was on Twitter. So I wasn't, I was honestly kind of singing a lawned already when the, when this dropped, uh, to this, that, that track. And I mean, little baby, little baby, honestly, just might have the best feature of a 2021 on wants and desires. Um, and then lemon, lemon pepper freestyle with Rick Ross, uh, you know, just another, another hit between both pairs, um, both the pair of, uh, Drake and Rick Ross, um, and, um, speaking of that pair, a collab album is actually under serious consideration. Uh, and that was from Rick Ross at, as he did an interview with hot 97.3. Um, and he came out and he said that him and Drake are seriously considering dropping a collaborative project. So, um, you know, we're still waiting on certified lover boy. Um, I'm, I'm, I personally have the utmost faith that it will drop just in time for summer. I feel like Drake is getting ready to put out, you know, something that we can all listen to and vibe to throughout the summer. I feel like, you know, we're already in April. I, I personally thought it would be about, like, March 13th. Um, I think that was, uh, or whatever date he has on Scorpion for his uh, her, for his son's birthday. I, I thought it, I, that was my best guess, you know. That man kept pushing it back. I was like, come on. What are some what are some dates that are, you know, important in Drake's life? You know what I mean? Artists feel I feel like artists tend to do that if they don't you know what I mean, if they don't have like a release schedule or if they're working with their label really, I feel like artists tend to drop on the same week or they drop on an important date. Um, 
just for the hell of it. So I was just like, man, I wonder when this man's going to drop. But after, um, you know, this debut, I feel like people are still kind of buzzing about Drake. But um, I think he's going to, like, kind of play it out a little bit longer and drop uh, something just in time for summer. I really wouldn't be surprised if he announces something soon. I feel like the buzz from Scary Hours 2 is definitely there um, at the very beginning. But um, I'd say within the past week, it's definitely died down a lot. So... Um, I feel like it's just the perfect time to finally release it. You know what I mean? Get, get buzz, uh, right back and going. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm not concerned with Certified Loverboy coming out, but I really believe that that collaborative project with Rick Ross should be great. Um, I mean, they have not missed on the seven, eight, nine chats that they've ever been on together and created. And I mean, if we got, you know, 12, yeah, not even 12. I mean, you know what I mean? I'd say 7 to 10 songs, most likely. 7 to 12 songs, most likely. You know, would it be an EP vibe? Would it be a full project? Would it be like a Watch the Throne? You know what I mean? Like, what would it be? But regardless, we could get that much more music of them together. I feel like that'd be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Drake also is celebrating the four-year anniversary of More Life. And I, I, I believe that... Um, this is probably one of the most hated Drake albums slash playlists. You know, I know it's a playlist um, that uh, Drake ever put out. Um, but I personally, whenever I think of More Life, I just think of the great fucking memories I have with this project. It was junior year. Um, it was just straight good vibes, you know? Like, this, this is what I mean. Drake put this out, um, and he really... He just had the people by their throat. Everybody was listening to OVO Sound Radio. Everybody was waiting for more life to drop. Um, and that's exactly what he's about to do right now. But this project, uh, let me tell you, you know, put this, I, I, you know, if you hated on this project or if you got sick of this project, I want you to just go listen to it again. Go bump this project again because... You know, when Drake said that he made a playlist, he truly created a playlist. You know, a lot of people hated on this project because it wasn't a lot of Drake. I mean, there was a lot of Drake, of course, but it wasn't Drake's project. You know, it, it, there was um, a lot of interludes. There was a lot of um, various songs. There wasn't really, uh, you know what I mean, a, constru a, a construct or a concrete structure within the project. Um, and... If you go listen to it again, that's exactly what he was fucking trying to do. And I feel like people that say these things don't understand um, how to read because it's literally on the cover, a playlist by October's very own. That's literally what he was trying to do. And if you go into this, um, you know, if you go into the listening of More Life thinking that it's a playlist, thinking that, you know what I mean, like you just just so happened to pick up Drake's iPod and you found a 22 song playlist on there and you push shuffle on that bitch. That's exactly what more life is. And you know what I mean? Like there are still nice interludes. There's still very nice uh, transitions through songs. So I wouldn't really necessarily say you push shuffle, but if you go into it thinking it's a playlist and not necessarily an album that needs a construct and it needs, you know what I mean, some, uh, some, I don't want to say variety, but more so uh, there's just one specific idea that he sticks to, you're just going to be disappointed because it's not that at all. But if you go into it knowing it's a playlist, knowing that it's a bunch of different moods, 
and let me tell you, if you put this on at a party, if you put this on, you know, at a little kit bat with sits to your friends, sits to the boys, everybody will be vibing to this. There is just everything. There's everything on this project. And I feel like everybody needs to just go give this another chance because, man, oh, man, I did it the other day. I personally love this album or slash playlist at the beginning. Um, of course, there were tracks that I didn't necessarily like and features that I didn't necessarily like. Um, but going back to it and I, lately and just listening to it again, it's been extremely refreshing. Um, you know, Drake really makes timeless music and you can truly go back and listen to it and it puts you right back into that same mindset that you were in when it dropped. But it also gives you a new perspective on it and it allows you to appreciate it a little more. And I believe that more life after listening to it again, I truly would rank it higher now because I truly know what he was trying to do. And I feel like before I wanted him to do something that he wasn't doing. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like the, the project because of that. And I believe that's what a lot of people got stuck in. You know what I mean? They wanted a Drake album. They wanted this project and it wasn't that. And I'm telling you, if you go into it, listening to it as a playlist, you will enjoy it 10 times more Come, this is coming from somebody that, you know what I mean? Like, I truly believed the same thing. I truly believed, man, oh, man, this man Drake did not do it again. And I was disappointed in a, in various ways. I wanted him to be on there more. I wanted there not to be as many interludes as there was. But I, I just, I, I truly have a greater appreciation for more life four years after its release. I'm sorry, Drake, but that's just how it was when I was 17, 16, listening to this the very first time. But now... I truly understand what you were trying to do. I truly get what you meant by it's a playlist. And let me tell you, let me tell you, folks, it is a great work of art. So please go listen to more life as well. Um, speaking of great works of art, uh, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar celebrated its six-year anniversary. I cannot believe um, that I was you know, just thinking about when this album dropped. I was literally playing Advanced Warfare um, I was on the map that has like the bus in the middle of it. Um, it has like the fire station. Oh man, what I don't remember what map that is. Um, but uh, I just remember playing it, and I got a text message from one of my friends saying Kendrick Lamar just dropped, and I listened to this project for the first time, and I instantly, just like these other projects that I've been talking about, fell in love. I think first and foremost with the jazz elements. Um, that Kendrick Lamar had on this project on top of everything that he was talking about. Of course, you can't really um, fully understand, fully comprehend uh, the true meanings of this project just off of one listen. So, um, you know, I believe the things that kept drawing me back was just, I mean, King Kunta, first and foremost, being number three, the, the third track, that funk, that element, when he says, you know, by the time you hear the net slap, the fun shall be within you. Boom. It's in, it's truly in you. If you are invested in this project, it is in you. Then that goes into um, institutionalized. Um, oh, my goodness. Featuring Snoop Dogg. And uh, I don't know how to say the other person's name. But institutionalized is another great project. I'm not project. But another great song that you just nod your head to. You just, you're just feeling it. And then. Of course, these walls. Are you kidding me? These walls? If these walls could talk. And then, you know, you, all right, for sale. You know, it's Kendrick Lamar made 
arguably the greatest rap album of all time with this one, and I cannot believe that it has been six years since this man dropped um, To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to K Dot. I hope you're all and well, and I hope that you drop soon, to be honest, my guy. But um, onto some music that I personally have been listening to in the past couple weeks, um, and also some music that is actually dropping tonight. Uh, that I'll be listening to. I think the the album of the year right now, in my honest opinion, something that I've been bumping nonstop since it came out, is Code of the Friends and Static Stiletta's uh, collab project, To Kill the Sunrise. It is a 10-song album. Um, if you've never heard of Static Stiletta, I hadn't either, but he's just a producer that Coda decided to work with. Um, so all of those songs are produced by him. And let me tell you, this project, it is Coda at his best. Um, the last three songs, Day Glow, Sunrise, into Sunset. Oh, my goodness. I have not heard somebody have a three-song uh, sequence in their album like this in a minute. It was very refreshing to hear somebody that I know and somebody that I love uh, put out a great work of art. Uh, to Kill a Sunrise is out everywhere. I highly recommend you listen to this. Like I said, this has been something I've been bumping since it came out, and I can simply cannot stop listening to it. I mean, um, there's a reason why uh, a lot of people that I know, and I hope you as well, are, are excited for Coda's Nets album. Um, I mean, this man is just straight vibes. It's great music, great lyrics, always, you know, looking at life in a very unique way, always reminding you to keep your head up, always reminding you that there's sunnier days ahead if there are clouds currently in your life. Um, and just somebody that, you know, you really want to just just learn from, somebody that you really want to just listen to, you know? It's not somebody that's just talking to talk and you're like, man, just shut the fuck up. You don't get what I'm going through. You don't understand what it's like to be me. But Coda just has this way when he's on the mic where he truly is able to just capture the listener and truly speak to them. You know, I really believe, um, especially on this project, those last three songs especially, um, he was able to do this perfectly. Um, and I just really suggest uh, listening to it. You know, I, I really uh, think it's, it's, it's just good for everybody. You know, if you like rap music, if you like, uh, you know, R&B, some pop, if you like just really feel good music, um, you know, with somebody speaking some simple lyrics to you, but have a really deep meaning. Coda's the guy. Coda, you know what I mean? Not even on this project, but on previous projects as well. I highly suggest you listen to Coda the Friend. I will always stand um, by Coda the Friend and, you know what I mean, co-sign the man because he is just off the charts awesome. And yeah, he just makes good music. So go listen to Kill, to Kill a Sunrise. Um, and some so the project that I personally uh, will be listening to tonight is Brockhampton's new album, Roadrunner. Um, of course, they've released uh, their two singles, Buzzcut, featuring Danny Brown, which is a very good track, and also Bankroll, featuring ASAP Rocky and ASAP Ferg. Um, this project will be 13 songs long. Um, the other features on here is uh, JPEG Mafia, Charlie Wilson, Bur uh, Braid, um, 
but yeah, I, I, I'm excited for this project. I've been listening to a lot of Saturation 2 lately. Um, and I, I, I wanted to really, I wanted to try to listen to Erdolescence again. I haven't listened to it since it dropped, but, um, I, I've been listening to a lot of Saturation 2 for whatever reason lately. Um, and the fact that Kevin Abstract tweeted that there will be two Brockhampton albums in 2021 got me extremely hyped, but of course that had to just be fucking ruined by these will be our last. So if you have not listened to Brockhampton, I highly suggest you listen to this one. And if you haven't listened to Brockhampton, I highly suggest you listen to this one because they're going to bring it. Um, telling you if you want a sneak peek before the album drop, just go listen to the two singles with, with Danny Brown, ASAP Rocky, ASAP Ferg. I believe that these two songs, um, you know, they definitely have a similar vibe. And I'm kind of fucking with where they're going to go with this project if everything and all the music is like it. Um, I, I think that it'll be great to see in concert. I've already seen Brockhampton twice, um, and they, they did not disappoint both times. Um, so yeah, I, I truly believe that this will be a great project, um, and I'm looking forward to listening to it, but, um, that's all I got for today. I hope you guys all enjoyed this one. I love talking about music, as you can see, and if you want more episodes like this, please let me know. I'm trying to, you know, try some new stuff out, try some new techniques out on these podcasts, um, you know what I mean, with... Uh, just having a variety of things or, you know, maybe maybe uh, focusing on one specific thing for podcasts. So if you like this structure, please let me know. But like always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you on the next one.